It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host, and well, it's Sunday morning. It's time to just worship the Lord. It's a time of celebration. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. It's all about the church. And we've been doing this show now for, well, let's see, about 21 years. Show number 1,118 today. And, uh, Our theme has never changed in all these years. We talk about the church. And uh, that was my approach when I talked to the folks back at WCVC 1330 AM back in 2002 about doing this show. And I said, well, they have shows about gardening. They have shows about hunting. They have shows about politics, sports. Why can't we just have a show? about the church and uh, the management at that time said yeah that sounds like a good idea and like I say we've been doing it ever since and then one of the things that I said that I wanted to do uh, along with the show is I wanted to play southern gospel music (laughs) and uh, uh, there were many many who said uh, you can't play that old music on a show like that and uh, my family was a part of that uh, philosophy but I said, well, I like it. There'll be others who like it. Like I say, we've been doing it all along, and we're going to play some music for you today, but uh, there's always something on my mind when I don't have a guest here in the studio with me. And I love having the guest, and I love interviewing people, and we've interviewed people from just about every uh, uh, approach of Christianity you can think of. But perhaps, maybe, we haven't had you yet. And you're involved in uh, ministry in some capacity. Well, then we need to get you behind these microphones and let's talk about your passion. Because that's what I tell people all the time when they say, Well, Pastor King, for an hour, what are we going to talk about? <laughs> and I say, We're going to talk about your passion. And whatever your passion is concerning ministry, that's what we're going to talk about. And you know what? That hasn't failed. At all these years, I've never yet had somebody who couldn't talk about their passion. So call me, area code 850-567-1703. We'll set up a time to do the interview. I like to do them on Tuesday evenings, and we'll get it ready for Sunday morning here on 94.1 on your radio dial, the gospel on the radio talk show. Now, we do have a few rules. We don't talk sports politics, doctrine, and we always speak well of one another, and that seems to have worked out real, real well. Keep in mind now that we also stream on the internet, and uh, we put the shows on the podcast. So if you uh, uh, come and be on the show, then that goes on that podcast, and it stays out there for a long, long, long time. And if you want to listen to this show again, or any of the shows that we've done, then just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, and it'll come up, and uh, 
There's all kinds of talk shows there for you to listen to and uh, the daily broadcast as well. They're all there. <laughs> I was uh, talking to some gentlemen the other day. I stopped by and had to do a little business with some folks and uh, we got talking about different things and they said, hey, by the way, what radio station are you on? People ask me that quite often. That's a 94 one, Wave 94. And they said, uh, uh, how, how do I get that? And I said, well, you just tune your radio. I said, or you can go to the podcast. They said, oh, you got a podcast. I said, yeah. And right there, right there in the shop, they they found it on their phone. They said, wow. <laughs> and, uh, and then one of them pushed a button and started playing, and then my voice came on. They said, that's you? I said, yeah, that's 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 me. It, it surprises people. People who know me, and then they find out that I'm on the radio because I'm just such an ordinary guy that they said, he can't be on the radio. <laughs> but here I am. God just does marvelous things, doesn't he? <laughs> that is so good. I'm also a pastor. I pastor Freedom Road Christian Ministry, 720 Capital Circle Northeast in the Crescent Park Plaza if you're on uh, Capitol Circle and you're heading toward Park Avenue, then look for us on the right-hand side after you pass Easterwood, just a little ways past that. You'll see our sign out there on Sunday morning, 11.05. We love visitors. Check us out, frcm.us. Well, last Sunday was Easter, and that's a big day. That's a big day for us Christians. And, uh, those of us who are in the ministry, and for those of us who had scheduled act outdoor <laughs> activities Easter Sunday morning, and uh, we did, and we always do, and uh, we, for the last several years, we do it at a private location, which is uh, where my wife and I live. And so we don't necessarily announce that to the public, but um, folks come. And uh, and uh, <laughs> all week long, I've been just listening on the radio and when the, when the broadcast would come on talking about the weather for Sunday. My ears would, would perk up. And uh, as we got closer to the weekend, I started hearing things about there is a huge, huge front out in the Gulf, and it's going to be coming in here, and uh, my goodness, it's going to be something. I heard the one uh, weather person say it's not uh, going to be like a hurricane, but it's going to be close to being a hurricane. And so I'm saying, well, here's my philosophy about events when it comes to church and ministry. I don't cancel. I just don't cancel. <laughs> and so if if we can't do it outside, we'll find another way to do it. I just don't call things off. Now, uh, so here we're having this uh, weather front come in. Oh, it's, it's, it's going to be bad for what the weather people say. But here, the thing is, I've been uh, working my job. I work outside, have for 48 years. <laughs> I work outside. And what I've learned that if I pay a whole lot of attention to what they say on the radio, I'd never get up and go to work. So I just learn. I just get up every day and I go to work, and what happens, happens. <laughs> so that's kind of the way I approach this. So now, we, we set up a tent 
for the people to sit on. And we have I have three crosses for them to view as we're doing the service. And uh, so Saturday night, I get out there and I get everything set up. Of course, I'd worked on the lawn to make sure everything was nice and pretty and everything ready to go. And my wife was busy inside getting the breakfast ready for the next morning. And and uh, well, here's this uh, supposed big front that's coming in, and it started to just drizzle a little bit as we uh, finally got ready to go to bed. I was outside right before that. So we got up on Sunday morning, got up around 6 o'clock, and uh, my wife says, it's raining. It's raining outside. And she said, it's cold. It's turned off cold. So I'm thinking, okay. Now, when I set these tents up, I don't ever put the tarp on it until right before the event. Now, I've learned that from experience because I've done this before, put that tarp on there, and the wind come up in the middle of the night, or, and I, I found them over the neighbor's property before. So wait, put the tarp on there right, just right before the, the time to start. So I get up, and I'm thinking, should I go ahead and put the tarp on there, or are we going to have to have this underneath the carport? And so I said, no, I'm going to put on my hat, and uh, just going out there and, and just do it. And the reason I put my hat on because I wear this big hat that help keep some of the water off of me while it's raining. So I get out there and get the top rolled out, put it on there, and guess what? The rain stopped. It was still a little bit of drizzle, not much, but a little bit of drizzle. And then as the uh, it began to come daylight, it was kind of a muggy, kind of rough looking day, and. Uh, it's supposed to start at 8 o'clock. Well, at 10 minutes to 8, there's still nobody there except my wife and I. And, of course, all the critters that we have. <laughs> and I'm going, okay. Did everybody decide that uh, it's going to be too bad of a weather and not come? And then probably about, oh, about six minutes till a car come pull in the driveway. There's three people in it. And my wife said, we'll go out and tell them, come on in and get some coffee. And I don't drink coffee myself, but other people do. So I went out and said, y'all come on and get him, get you some coffee. And they did. And then, uh, oh, probably about uh, 10 minutes after 8, some more people began to roll in. And they rolled in pretty much during the whole time. And I have to admit, some of them just missed the whole thing. But they did not miss the breakfast. <laughs> and it turned out to be a, a wonderful, wonderful uh, event our uh, uh, guitar player had just gotten back from Europe and and uh, wasn't even sure they were, they were going to feel like even coming but that happened so we had the music and uh, we had the service and it went very very well and of course people love my wife's breakfast so that's always a big hit so we had a good day and of course we also had services at 11.05 there at Freedom Road oh my goodness just wonderful and uh a lot of folks came out for Easter, and uh, you know, I wish people would come to church every Sunday, but if, if Easter's the only Sunday you decide to go, then come on, because God, I have something for you, whatever church you go to. So that's kind of a way of a report for you. Our Easter went very, very well. And of course, um, I tell my, my congregation, I say, we are here to celebrate the resurrection 
of our Lord and Savior, because basically what that says is that we are here to celebrate hope. Hope, because Jesus Christ, that was his message as he spoke to those crowds and those multitudes, he brought hope to the people. He brought them uh, the hope of their salvation, hope for just life in general. And uh, all those people who came and brought their loved ones that were sick and suffering, and he healed them and cast out the devils, he brought hope to the world. And, of course, uh, his message of hope was a threat to those who just wanted to practice religion. You see, Jesus is not about just religion. He's about life and life eternal and uh, a personal relationship with the true and the living God. And that's the message. That's the message that uh, we proclaim on Easter Sunday morning at Freedom Road. And uh, you love to come worship with us sometimes. I believe that you would enjoy the ministry at Freedom Road Christian Ministry because we do love the Lord. We love worshiping Him. Let's listen to a little gospel music here this morning. God takes real good care of me. That's the uh, Mark Trammell Quartet singing, God takes good care of me. And uh, I want to just say, hey, I agree with that, and I, I believe that. And I've been walking with God for a long, long time, and I've come to just expect that. Now, there are challenges along the way, but challenges are part of our growth and our and I walk with him. But I tell you something. Every time that uh, my family gathers together, and we do that from quite often, we have our family nights, and uh, I see all of those uh, beautiful adults, these children that my wife and I raised, they're adults now. <laughs> and they're, they have families, and these, these children, and they're just, they're just precious and uh, I see that uh, my adult children have gone out into life and uh, they have their careers and they're raising their children. And I say, God, you have taken such good care of Tammy and I. And I'm so thankful because that's just the God that I serve. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, I don't listen to what's going on around us because I'm very, very aware. I mean, I... I listen to uh, news, and uh, and I know we've got some trouble. There's trouble on the horizon, and uh, well, I'm a reader. I I just read. <laughs> I read the Bible a lot, and I and I just read, and I read about some of the things that's happening now that are very much reminiscent of things that I've read about in other generations, and how that the things that led up to great disasters such as war. And I am a person who, I hate war. I've read about war. And it's, it's a, kind of funny to me in a way that 
a lot of times young people they they see war as almost being romantic in a strange weird kind of way and uh, uh, but the thing is is that war is ugly and uh, when I hear about things this uh in the Ukraine and the descriptions that really are not in the national news, but you hear about it. Ugly, 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 and uh, much carnage. And when I hear about things like that, I just, oh, Lord, Lord, help us as, as a country to be able to manage our affairs in such a way that we would never be drug into another war. Because you see, I mentioned this the last time that uh, I was just talking to you in random. Now, I was last uh, Sunday, we had our Easter show, but it's been a few shows back. But I, but I mentioned this, that I grew up right after, or born right after the World War II. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many years, because I don't want to tell you how old I am. But uh, <laughs> you can kind of guess. And it's interesting to me that I don't really remember people talking about World War II, even though I'm, I was born just a few years after it. I don't remember a lot of conversation about the war, even though I had uh, two uncles uh, who were in World War II, and then uh, uh, my father went in the military right after the war and uh, had another uncle that was right around that time, too. And uh, I, did, I didn't even know. <laughs> I'd seen pictures of one of them in his uniform, but I didn't realize that he was a World War II veteran. The other one, now he's uh, not, in other words, he's not my father's uh, brother or my mother's. He's my, my, he was a, the husband of one of my father's sisters, let's put it that way. And, uh, you know, I talked to him a lot as a child growing up and as an adult and enjoyed him when, I, when I'd see him. Well, he was in Europe during the war, and uh, he was there as they were liberating one of the concentration camps. And uh, I'm, I say that it could have been one of the prisoner of war camps. I'm not absolutely sure. But nevertheless, uh, he goes into this building, and there's a big Nazi flag hanging up there. And so he goes and takes it down and uh, folds it up and puts it in his uh, duffel bag. I had to hesitate there for a second because in the Navy we would have called it the sea bag, but in the Army it's a, a duffel bag. Puts it in the bottom of his duffel bag because they weren't supposed to have these. And... Uh, so he was able to bring it back, and it stayed in that duffel bag until right before his death. He was in his 80s when he died, and he knew he was about to die. And so he takes it out and shows it to his wife and uh, my cousin and uh, told him the story about how he had uh, gotten this flag. And uh, so after he passed away and uh, uh, his wife had passed away then um, my cousin said well what am I going to do with this flag 
And so she calls the State Museum at Frankfurt, because they live in Kentucky. And they said, no, they said, we have several of those. We really don't need that. So she found a smaller museum. And uh, they said they'd be glad to take it. And so it just so happened that it worked out for me and my cousin to go visit the museum. Now, the story that he told my cousin and the story that my cousin had told me is just exactly the story that I just told you, that he saw it up there, walked up there and took it down. But we got to the museum, there it was, big flag hanging up there, <laughs> and it had the description that says, and I'm not going to give you his name, it was in the corporal through blazing fire, rushed up there and took it down in the midst of the heat of the battle. <laughs> And I'm going, well, now, that's not the story that he told, and that's not the story that he told his daughter, and not the story that his daughter told me. And so the the people who are the person who had done the museum was there, and I questioned him about it. And I said, uh, that story don't quite jive with the story that the, the family told me. He said, yeah, but my story's a lot better, isn't it? <laughs> And I said, okay. But now I had to question everything that was in that museum. But anyway, that's that's my uncle, one of my uncles. And back to my point here. I said, I never heard much really about the war. And, you know, we had the Korean conflict. I don't remember anybody really talking about that much. But I remember when Vietnam came, because I was older by that time. And I remember going down to the, the little store there in, in the area that we lived. It, it wasn't even a community. It was just a little store out in the country. But I saw the uh, the Lexington Herald. And uh, it had a description on the front of the, of the ones that we'd lost in the Vietnam War. And I remember that day. And I remember how it just choked me up. And I, because you would kind of. You know, we hadn't really had that in my lifetime. But it came home real to our little community when one of our young men went into the Air Force and was killed. And I remember how solemn we all felt in that community because we knew him. We'd, we'd known him all of his life. That's war. And uh, so when I listen to the news and I hear about things like, well, we're having uh, – Issues with China, and uh, there's work behind the scenes trying to devaluate the dollar. And then we're we hear about uh, possible um, evasion of Taiwan, and I'm going, you know, because you know we just heard the, uh, the the account where they did the mock drills and they had their carriers and literally had had blockaded that whole country, and. Uh, these things, they concern me. And, and I said, this sounds so familiar from the things that I've read about in the lead up to war, such as the Civil War and the uh, World War I, World War II, the, uh, seeing things begin to escalate. Well, you see, this is the, the thing that makes me want to be aware 
of what's happening around us, but not to allow it to overwhelm me. So I said, well, we need hope. And of course, where do you find hope? Well, you find it in the Lord. And I, I was thinking about an old song, and, uh, it, and I don't remember. I've tried to recall the words just a little while ago. It was something like this, be very sure, be very sure. And then it talks about in times like these, you need a Savior. In times like these, you need an anchor. And then it goes on to say, be very sure. Be very sure that your anchor holds and is attached to the solid rock. And see, that's the message of the gospel. And that's the message of hope. But we all know, know people. We know people who are, they don't have that hope. And that people are just out there just living life and doing whatever it is they do. But then sometimes you get an opportunity to talk to someone and get to look beyond the facade. Because there's a lot of people in this world, they got a mask on their face. And uh, they give you the impression that they're just as happy as a lark, living in sin, uh, just absolutely, uh, just no, no desire to go to church and be around God's people. And uh, would make you think, oh, this is uh, this is this is a person who's just uh, found satisfaction and happiness in their life. But then you get an opportunity sometimes to just talk to them one on one, and you begin to find out that behind that facade, there's anxiety, and uh, that that imitation, seemingly happiness. It's just, it's just not there. And people are concerned. But so often, people have turned away from the church and they've turned away from God. And you say, well, why is that? And unfortunately, many times, it's because of an experience somewhere along the line. Perhaps maybe... They were going to church, or maybe they knew somebody who who went to church but didn't live the life, and they've just rejected that. And I just find that to be tragic, tragic. And it's a very good possibility that I may just be talking to somebody, then that's exactly where you are. And you have pushed God away. And you, you, you feel like that, no, that's not the answer for me. But the truth of the matter is, is that Jesus Christ is the hope for the world. He is the hope for the world. Because Jesus Christ was the one who laid down his life to bear your sins and my sins to Calvary's cross that we may be able to approach the throne in heaven where God is. And we can talk to God. 
and we can know him personally. And we can share the burdens of our life with God. And uh, he will become very personal to you through the work of the ministry of the Holy Spirit and what Christ Jesus did on Calvary's cross. You see, for me, I'm so thankful that, uh, well, first of all, that you know, when I was about two years old, my mother was invited to church by a lady by the name of Miss Fan Price. And uh, my mother made the decision to go and take her four boys to church. And I was raised in the Sunrise Christian Church, and I was taught Bible stories. I was taught about God. And I'm so thankful for that because that's my heritage. But more than that, I can look back now after the years that I've lived and I say, I am so glad that I chose to walk with the Lord because I am so blessed. And uh, uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. And I've, I've made this statement before that if somebody were to convince me beyond a shadow of a doubt that there was no God and that Jesus Christ did not go to the cross, I would continue to follow the doctrines and the teachings of Christ Jesus because they've been so sound in my life. And they've given me joy and life, and as the Bible says, the abundance of life. Listen to the berries. They're saying, I'm thankful. Amen, me too. Lord, I'm thankful. And I'm so thankful that you have chosen to tune in here today to the Gospel on the Radio talk show with Pastor Jack King and uh, just spend some time together and just preparing our hearts to go to church because in just a little while we'll be having services at uh, Freedom Road Christian Ministry and uh, I just love it. I just love being around the church family. And I love my little congregation. We're just uh, we're just regular folks. <laughs> we just are. And uh, just as my mother would use the expression, just as common as an old shoe. That's kind of who we are. But uh, we love one another. And uh, when you come to Freedom Road, you'll feel that love and, and that acceptance. You'll just fit right in. People just seem to. It's just amazing to me. They'll be there two or three Sundays, and you'll think they'd been there forever. That's just kind of how we how we roll at Freedom Road. So I'm inviting you. Uh, personal invitation for the pastor to come worship with us at Freedom Road. 1105FRCM.US. We're there in that storefront there in the Crescent Park Plaza. Just a little ways back from Park Avenue. If you're heading toward that way on Capitol Circle, you'll see us there on the right-hand side. We'll have a sign out there on Sunday mornings. Now, if you're looking for us uh, sometime rather than Sunday morning, you'll have to look a little harder. But uh, we're right there in that shopping center. Logan's Martial Arts is right next to us there. And then uh, uh, Tally um, Kitchen Supplies is on the right-hand side of us. Let's kind of give you an idea. If you go across the hedge there, just right, just a little bit past, you'll see Capaluto, though. So that kind of gives you a landmark of how to find this. 11.05, Sunday mornings. We also have Sunday school as well. 
Now, thinking about what I've shared with you already, and uh, uh, the song it says, uh, "My anchor holds in Christ," and, uh, and it says, "Soon and you know, it's just soon. Christ is coming, and, and uh, all this is going to get wrapped up here." So it says, "Be very sure, be very sure that your anchor holds." And uh, my brother, my brother Jerry. <laughs> He's just a year older than I am. Um, if you had a chance to to get my book and read it, you, you'd find out about the farm. We, it's called the book is called Dreams and Visions and Stories of Faith. And uh, I'm not sure whether you could order it on at Amazon anymore. You could when it first came out. It's been a while, and uh, I don't really have a whole lot of copies of it myself anymore. But uh, anyway, I talk about the farm where we grew up. And uh, my daddy bought that old hill farm about 1955. It was his pride and joy. He raised us four boys there on the farm. And uh, when he passed away, there was a question of what was going to happen to the farm. And I understand there's four brothers. And I remember we were we had gone down to the little barn right behind the house after the funeral that day. And uh, my two older brothers, they were talking about, well, I'm going to get a realtor and, and put it up for sale. And uh, I kind of whispered to my brother Jerry. I said, "I don't really want to sell it." He said, ah, "We ain't going to sell it." <laughs> now I understand it. Jerry had a little bit more. Um, let's say his professional career made a little bit more money than mine has, and so anyway, we bought the farm. Jerry and I. He he owns half of it. I own half of it. We're actually in two different counties. There's a. Uh, the U.S. 19 goes right through the middle of the farm, and one side's Robertson County, one side's Harrison County. He owns Harrison County, which means he has the houses and the barns to have to take care of. I don't have any buildings on my side. Now, I'm getting to a point here. Through all of these years, uh, my brother Jerry uh, contacted a gentleman who lived down the hill from us there. And I said, hey, I just want you to come up and just do some things for us. Because he lives in Cincinnati, and I live in Florida. And who's going to take care of the farm? Well, one of the things that we've been blessed is there's some uh, wonderful people who are, who are Mennonites that live a little farther down the road, and they, they have a little a hardware store there and a, and a big farming operation they, they, with cattle, and they need hay. And my daddy had put in these wonderful uh, hay fields with alfalfa. And uh, so they come up, and they take care of the hay fields, for the hay, we don't need it. <laughs> we don't have any cows, and it's just that's just worked out beautifully. And why they're they're mowing, they'll mow other areas for us, and that's been a tremendous blessing to keep the farm up. But this gentleman that uh, my brother hired to help on the farm, and uh, I, I, people sometimes they make comments about Kentucky. There's people think, oh, Kentucky's all just a bunch of hillbillies. Well, we we got hillbillies, so that's for sure. Actually, in Kentucky. Uh, we don't refer to Kentuckians as hillbillies. We're briar hoppers. That's the official term, briar hoppers. <laughs> in like Tennessee, they're ridge runners. The hillbillies are in West Virginia. Okay, just just to clarify that. But the truth is that this brother, this gentleman, would probably give you the impression <laughs> he's he's a true Kentuckian. Let's put it that way. And a little rough around the edges. But my brother just would encourage him and uh, just built a wonderful relationship with this gentleman. 
and uh, he'd say to to him, I'm not going to give you his name, but he'd say to him, uh, uh, you ever thought about going down to that church down there in Milford, Milford, Kentucky, which is just a little little village. Uh, one one side you have Milford, the other side you have Claysville, and the, both of them are just little just little, little holes in the road. With experience, with expression, it's little, little holes in the road. But uh, he he would just say, "Hey, won't you ever thought about just going down there to?" to he said, "I tell you what, I'll go with you sometime. We'll just go. We'll just go down to another church." Well, things rocked on, and it turned out that uh, this couple ended up having to raise their their grandson through some family difficulties, and uh, there was a young associate minister that came down to that church and he was involved in martial arts. He started holding classes there in the church in the fellowship hall. Well, this young man found out about it and he wanted to go. And so he started attending these classes. Well, grandfather had to take him and he'd sit there and wait. Well, next thing you know, uh, they're having a Awards ceremonies, and they do this before the whole congregation. <laughs> so I talked to my brother the other day, and he says, yeah, he says, you know what? They don't ever miss a Sunday anymore. They're there for everything that goes on in that church. And I'm going, what a wonderful transformation. And the thing is, is that my brother really taught me something about that because uh, he didn't give up. He didn't give up on this this guy. He just kept loving him, and he and he. It's just like a, the old paths have a song that was a number one hit for a while. Got to love them to Jesus. Got to love them to Jesus. And I think that that's a message that really resonates today, because yeah, we've got trouble. <laughs> was that was that. Uh, some some show I remember. I just get I get these things confused sometimes. It says we got trouble on every side. We got trouble, 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 trouble. And Jesus even said this. He said, "For in this world, you're gonna have tribulation. Yeah, you're gonna have some trouble. And yeah, we have some trouble. If there ever was a time when uh, people need to be sure, very, very sure that they're." anchor holds and is attached to the solid rock. That rock is Jesus. He's the one. He's the only one. Listen to the Troy Burns family. It says, He has overcome. Amen. In this world that he, who is he? Well, that would be Christ Jesus. That would be the power, the ministry of the Holy Spirit of God. And uh, here's something I want you to know. That uh, I am very much in my heart concerned about humanity. But I'm not alone in that. Because so was Jesus. And uh, there were a couple times in the Gospels where it talked about when Jesus would look over the multitudes and he would just weep 
He would just weep over the multitudes because he saw the, uh, the things that humanity deals with. And uh, one of the things that he resisted in his ministry was those people who had the responsibility for the care of the people would abuse. And uh, that was a real problem for Jesus. Not, not a problem in the aspect that Jesus can't overcome all things, but, but that was reality to him, that he would see the people who were charged with the responsibility to care for the people and do what's best for the people would be selfish and self-centered. And uh, as I uh, have said earlier, when I see things happening in the world, and it reminds me of what I've read about and about other times that led to war. And uh, one of the books that uh, I read, this has been years ago I read the book, it's called Escape from Red China. And uh, it talks about a young man who uh, was living in America during the time that the revolution was taking place before the communists took over. And he thought it was exciting and uh, romantic. See, that's what I said. Young people sometimes think of war and things of that nature as being romantic. And he wanted to go. He wanted to go back to China. He wanted to be there and be a part of it. And his family said, no, 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 you don't want to come back here. You do not need to come back here. Stay in America. But he, he did. He went back. And he was caught up in the revolution and he described things such as how that uh, the um, landowners people who own land and, and property and had, had done well in their lives that they would drag these people out into the city streets and they'd bring the peasants around and they'd begin to accuse him and then they would they would they would rev up the crowd and they'd get emotional next thing you know they'd kill him and then uh, they take the land under the pretense that they were going to give the land to the peasants. But they didn't. They didn't. And that's the way it happens so many times is that things are put before people that seem to be, as I use the expression, shiny. Shiny. And oh, it's going to be so glorious. But it's not. Because people who are able to grab power can be very selfish and self-centered. And this is what Jesus resisted that. He, he fought against that and he spoke out against that and that's one of the things that caused him to make the council, to convene the council that finally came to the, the determination that the only way to stop him is to kill him. And they made their plot, and they plotted, and they planned. And then they found a man by the name of Judas who would be willing to sell him out, and they put him on the cross. You see, that's the uh, underbelly of humanity. That's the sadness of humanity. But you see, the hope of all mankind is the fact that uh, this world, even with all of its suffering, it's temporal. It doesn't last forever. You see, that old song says, uh, 
This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. And uh, that's the thing about it is that when we have hope in our heart that no matter what happens to us here, that we have the assurance of life eternal where all of this is left behind. That's why I bring you back to that song I talked about earlier. It says, be very sure, be very sure that your life is in Christ Jesus. And it says you need a Savior. You need an anchor. Be very sure of who he is. And uh, Worry to only sees the wind. This is this song. Keeps this is the Booth back, Brothers. Searching for Faith the keeps walking. Looking to the Lord. Fear can only find a sky that's full of lightning, but faith keeps walking on. I love that song. I chose it to be my number one song. I believe that was in uh, 2021 or maybe it was 19. But anyway, <laughs> it's a great song, but it has a lot of good words to it because we put our faith in Christ Jesus that even when the storms are brewing all around us, and I, I believe that we are in troubled times. I, I've been very, very clear about that, that uh this is a time. This is a time for us to draw nigh to the Lord. And uh, as I've alluded to several times already on the broadcast, it says, uh, be very sure that your anchor holds and is in the solid rock. And that rock is Christ Jesus, because he's the one that will sustain you in difficult times. And uh, so we don't know how difficult it can be. Because see, I am convinced that a lot of things that we're seeing and experiencing are a part of the planned erosion of the inner core of our society. And uh, very intentional, very intentional, because all of this is causing us to be focused upon our carnal self and not on the spiritual person. And uh, the spiritual person will seek God. The carnal person becomes very much distracted and focused on themselves. And of course, as we know, flesh is flesh, and it will always be flesh, but the Spirit of God rises us above or takes us above the uh, carnal man. And uh, we see things from a spiritual perspective, which is the eyes of God. And uh, that will bring hope and peace and joy. And uh, well, I'm just so thankful to have spent this time with you today. I hope that we've been a blessing to you. And I hope that you'll join me next Sunday morning as well. Father God, I pray over this radio audience. Lord God, I rejoice when they rejoice and I weep when they weep. And Father God, I pray for your hand of protection upon our families upon our churches, our pastors, Father God, for each and every one. And Lord God, let us draw nigh to you. Lord, allow us to have our anchor firmly 
firmly in the rock, which is Christ Jesus, to be sure, to be very, very sure that our anchor holds in troubled times. I pray, God, Father, for peace for our country, America. I pray for peace around the world. I pray for peace in the city of Jerusalem and the nation of Israel. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.